Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We're very happy, honored, humbled, grateful to have a friend of mine on the podcast and a fellow castmate from The Ultimate Fighter Season 30, Jordan Heiderman. Jordan's an incredible fighter, an incredible human, uh, the rightful heir to the throne of Asgard, uh, Viking warrior all around. Jordan, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, just Thanks for having me on. Dude. Uh, good to see your face again. Yeah, man, you too. It's been uh, it's been too long. It's a weird thing because Joe, I mean, we spent five weeks together, eyeball to eyeball, every day. <laughs> we spent twenty four hours a day together. I mean, shit, we slept in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Um, and now all of a sudden, it's like the whole thing's apart. Like it, it's yeah. it, it, it's a weird feeling. On that note, how have you adjusted to being home and away from the show? Was that hard for you? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, because. I didn't come home to a job, you know, yeah. I was working 50, 60 hours a week and, uh, I came home to doing nothing, you know, I was just training and then I eventually started overtraining. So I had to cut back on that and find something to do in my spare time. Well, that, I, I want to go the other route. Like, what did you know about the show going into it? Like, how did you prepare yourself for that experience or were you even prepared for that? Yeah. They don't really tell that, tell you that you're on until, you know, last minute. So to prepare, prepare for it, it was kind of tough. Um, but, uh, I knew the dates of it and that's what I was going into is like, this is my fight. This is when I'm fighting. And so I was in the best shape I could been. Uh, but it was tough, you know, you just didn't know if you were going to get on or not. Like, did you know anything about the experience of being on the cast of like what that was going to be like? Cause it is, it's not what, uh, it's not like training for a regular fight. You know what I mean? You're not just showing up for a day to do your thing and then, and then heading back home. Like you're committing to this thing. Like you, and you mentioned this already, like you left a job, like your life coming back was completely different, but like, were you did once you got there and you were in the house and stuff was happening, was it what you were expecting? Um, I mean, yes and no. Like I was expecting to be actually a little more crazier than what it was. We had a, a real chill group. We had a, good group of people and uh you know overall it was a great experience yeah when i look back at old episodes uh because even when you're watching these episodes they have like best moments from series past and it's always like super dramatic like guys getting in each other's face the dude (laughs) kicking through the door and like this group it's Uh, just like (laughs) Like, (laughs) pretty chill it's pretty chill pretty chill now jordan let's talk a little bit about the experience in the episode specifically uh, your episode's now out. I say it's your episode because neither of us really are appearing much in other people's episodes. Like this one was centered on you. So first question, how do you feel about your portrayal, how your character came across? Do you feel it was representative of who you actually are as a person? It takes me a while to open up. So did they really catch the real me? I don't know. Yeah. A little bits and glimpses there, but, uh, I'm pretty reserved and I, I keep to myself. So they caught that part of me for sure. Uh, but yeah, they did a good job. Uh, I'll be honest. I forgot you were on the show until your episode <laughs> came up. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy that Chandler's fighting, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's took, like boisterous. He's out there. So like, you know, he was, he was visible. Like you were just like kind of chill, just quiet, just not really making a lot of noise, not talking a lot of trash. I like the other guys. And then when it came up, it was like, oh yeah, that dude is in here, isn't he? <laughs> Yo, he's he's known he's known as the guy that snickered at Juju in the van. 
That is the famous moment. Yes. He's the one that really put her over the edge of her little internet breakdown. That's that's Jordan's fault. Jordan was actually behind the scenes constantly. Jordan is like the like I was the lead snake, if you will. (laughs) But Jordan, Jordan's the real bad guy here. He's the one that was whispering in my ear constantly, encouraging this type of behavior. Uh, So now the fight, Jordan, uh, obviously you were in it. Now that you watched it, what are your thoughts on the fight? You know, it was a scrap, and that's what I was expecting out of Chandler. Uh, he gave me everything he had, and uh, just wasn't enough to get the job done, you know. Well, you know, I'm ha- I'm pra- happy I got the third round and uh, got the Tico finish in it. Okay, so here's – here's I want to talk about a couple of things. So I'm going to throw a couple of things at you. Uh, was he tougher than you expected him to be? And the reason I say that, and, and I, I mean this, Joe, not being biased – uh, Jordan and I actually trained together a lot because we were on Team Pena. And I actually said to Jordan, you're the strongest human I have ever wrestled with. Like, I was surprised how strong you were. Most people can't overpower me. And I was like, holy shit, what, what's this kid on? Like, whatever workout program he's on, whatever they feed him in Nebraska, I need a piece of that. And so I kind of expected Jordan for you to kind of run him over. Did he surprise you with his ability, strength, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Uh, And I knew that going into it. Uh, I I did some research on him once I figured out his name, you know, during that whole quarantine week. And uh, he was definitely one that, uh, you know, was on my radar. And I I thought he was going to be a more aggressive wrestler, but uh, he came out with some hellacious strikes. But uh, (laughs) I should have went to my uh, wrestling game there. Uh, Cause like he said, like uh, I'm well-rounded, uh, you know, I'm tough. I can, I can handle that. So. Oh yeah. You're tough. You took that kick right to the chops and kept coming. I mean, that's something that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like legendary levels of chin right there. <laughs> yeah. You, was it hard for you to change gears? And I say this because in the background, Joe, Jordan and I talked a lot. I mean, Jordan and I had extensive talks about who we'd rather fight, Eduardo or Chandler, mm-hmm. because it became clear at one point those were our two potential opponents. And Jordan, I don't even think we mentioned once that Chandler could have any stand-up. Like, we talked no. a lot about this guy's just going to wrestle. He has, a, he has a high crotch. He has a single leg. That's all he's going to do. Uh, I feel like he caught you with that kick because that was something that wasn't even in the game plan. Am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he definitely caught me off guard with, with not doing the wrestling, you know, with his heavy striking, but uh, didn't work out in his favor anyway. So <laughs> no, you, you win. Now, what do you say? Cause let's just get out to the elephant in the room. There are people out there that say he got robbed because the fight should have ended after round two. What's your response to that? Cause I know what mine is, but what I want to hear yours. I mean, yeah, he, uh, he gave me literally everything he had and if that kick lands on most guys in the ufc they're going out cold but uh it didn't happen that way you know the judges gave me a third round and not only did i get the win secure the win i got a technical stoppage uh you know so it's just me putting a stamp on that fight what what were your thoughts going into the third like strategically where were you at i mean obviously you were in the middle of a fight you know everything's going a million miles an hour but what what was your plan um, you know, so you're not guaranteed the third. So, mm-hmm. but that's my round. That's always been my round. Uh, you know, I'm just at a different level of conditioning. It's just my mindset come to third round. It's just my round. And, uh, so I was ready to go. Cause I, I feel like he knew that 
he sort of like, like when they said it was going to the third, he's like, I should not have left it to the judges. So I got to come out and finish this like hard and fast. And I think that played right into what you just said. Like you were a little calmer, you know, just trusting your conditioning. And he just came out and went for it and missed. Right. And there you were like, just ready to, to capitalize. And so whether, whether it should have gone to the third round or not, uh, don't, don't leave it to the judges. If it shouldn't have gone to the third round, you got that opportunity. You capitalized, you deserve the win. Yeah, Absolutely. sure. And, and some people too are saying that he gassed in the third round. Uh, but Jordan, Joe and I were talking offline about this. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. You caught him with a nasty overhand, right? And I don't think he knew where he was. Like I, if I was to analyze the fight, I think it took you a couple of rounds to catch up to the fact that he wasn't going to wrestle that. Right. Okay. Now this is going to be a stand-up fight. And when that switch clicked in you, then you were, you were all over him. Was there any conscious thought of that? Like going into the third, were you actually thinking, okay, you know what? This is going to be a stand-up fight now. And I'm going to, I'm going to put him down. Um, you know, the adrenaline's pumping. You don't really know what you're exactly thinking, but I knew I had to go out there and put this guy away. Uh, and that's just exactly what I did. When did you know that you had him? Like, did you know when he him? lunged at you that you were going to take him down and finish this? Or was it when the the ref intervened? Uh, yeah, so he took that shot and I stuffed it and I just started raining him and he didn't defend at all. He just curled up in a ball and uh, I just kept raining him and that's when I knew I had it. Now, I, I don't want to pick on, on Bobby, but what Bobby was talking about was that you caught him with that right. And his demeanor changed. And it was the same thing in Bobby's fight when he got clocked. He caught that elbow from Eduardo. And all of a sudden, his takedowns were not like that first takedown he had was so smooth. Like the timing was right on. It was technically really, really well done. And after that elbow, it was just like that same sloppy sort of lunge at the legs. And that I feel like that's exactly what Chandler tried to do on you. And it ended up with exactly the same outcome. And so there's something about getting knocked on autopilot that just doesn't pan out when you're going for a takedown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I talked to Chandler after that, and he said he don't remember even taking that shot. So, you know, I, I know I definitely caught him good with that right hand. Well, and, and you, can, you can see it because when Zach and I were watching, the minute you caught him with that overhand, it was like, oh, shit, this is bad. And then he dove for the legs, and then it's completely over. And like I said, Zach and I knew how tough you are. Like you're a person that you're going to have to finish. You're not going to outclass you or appoint you because you're going to just keep coming. Uh, how good did it feel? Cause you jumped on the fence. You yelled some shit in Scandinavian that I didn't understand. <laughs> how, how good did that feel to finish him off? Uh, it felt damn good. You know, he, he got me with that kick. He dropped me early and to come back and get a win like that. Uh, it felt damn good. And especially in front of Dana White and, in the UFC apex. It, it was awesome. Yeah, man. I bet, I, I bet that felt good. And now looking forward, you, uh, you've been lined up with Zach and it looks like this fight is going down. I mean, th- that's next episode, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Good. Now, obviously uh, we can't talk about the outcome or anything of that nature, but in the house, you, me, Zach and Mo, we were all in a bedroom going into this fight with Zach. Uh, was it was it a weird situation to have to fight somebody you were roommates with, or did you adjust well to that? Um, you know, we were as as professional as we could be, you know, about the whole situation. Um, but as far as the picks went, 
uh, I was pretty shocked I got matched up with Zach. I uh, was not expecting that at all. I wanted Eduardo so bad and uh, ended up getting, you know, a guy I slept eight feet away from, you know. So it's how the game works sometimes. And uh, can't wait for you guys to see the next episode. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's going to be good. Now, uh, in terms of a couple other things with the show, looking back on the experience, what were your favorite parts of being on the show? Favorite parts. Oh man. Uh, getting my steaks cooked for me every day. (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, him and Zach actually cornered me in the backyard. This is off camera and they threatened to kill me in my sleep. If I didn't, (laughs) I was, I was on, I was on steak. See, that's oh, that's the kind of stuff. That that's what I imagine going on. Like all of a sudden you find out you got to fight your roommate and you're putting like itching powder in his socks and like <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with every prank you can to just throw him off a little bit. Yep. Uh, yeah, but, but obviously, no, the tr- go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Uh yeah, just the training too with the coaches and you guys. It was just, you know, something I haven't experienced and it, it was great to experience that. Good, good. Now uh what was the worst part about being in the house? Worst part, uh, dude, I got homesick. I truly did. I missed, I missed my girl. I missed my dog, my bed, but uh, all for the good. Uh, had a great experience in that tough house. Good, that's good to hear. And what have you been up to since you've been back home? I mean, you said you were training. You had to back it off a little bit, but what's, yeah. uh, what, what, what kind of stuff you've been up to? No, I just been hitting it hard. Uh, you know, training every day of the week, sometimes twice a day. It's, been it's been pretty pretty wild ride so far uh actually i uh, picked the baddest dude in nebraska and i, I decided to go practice with him anthony lionheart smith <laughs> i like it has your life changed because and, and and i'll try to word this as like i guess for me because i had a big public profile going in not much has changed for me i'd fought in the ufc i, I write for men's health i have a big media platform like it was like something i did and that was it for you, this is the first time people are really seeing you. As life started to change, people start coming out of the woodwork asking you for shit. Sponsors, like, has, has that part of it changed for you? Absolutely. Uh, it's It's been wild. So before all this, I lived in the Stone Ages, man. I, I could care less what was going on in the media and whatnot, but uh, it's such a big part of what we do as fighters. Uh, and it's important uh, to expand your career and... Uh, Continue doing what you love. We've we've talked about this with a lot of the the other fighters on the show too. Of like, there at a certain point, you have to get good at branding and marketing because there's more to it than just winning fights. Because if you can brand yourself well, even if you have a losing record, you can still have a career because people just want to fight you. And so, how much of this experience helped you dial in your brand? Yeah, it actually created my brand. It uh, you know helped me discover like who I want to be, who I want to be known as, uh, as a fighter and, you know, on the media. So, uh, yeah, it definitely helped, uh, you know, and Bobby was always giving good advice in the house. So it was, uh, definitely an eye opener and I learned a lot and, um, continue on that and, uh, hope to grow. Did, did you spend a lot of time in the snake box? He was a leader <laughs> of the snake box show. I told you that they didn't share my camera. He was on that couch every morning, whispering, firing, <laughs> lying. He was right there with me. He's not lying. He's not lying. I was definitely, definitely hanging around in the snake box. <laughs> you know. um, as you, 
as you watch the episodes on that note, how do you feel about everyone else's portrayal? Like, do you feel watching the episode that everyone's getting an accurate, like according to, because we went through a lot, right? It's it's 1% of our time that's on screen. Um, do, you, do you feel that or do you wish they showed more? You know, I, I wish they did show a little more, you know, of like the group stuff or whatever. It's just, it just wasn't quite enough to really get to know who the fighters were. I mean, it was, it was a good intro, but you know, just, a just a little more behind the, our, you know, of the house and how it all worked would have been uh, neat to see. Yeah. That's cause that's how I feel like Joe, we were eating, we ate meals together all the time. Yeah. That, that we doesn't come through in the show. It, like, it almost seems when you're watching the show that everybody's in a different house entirely. Like there, there's not a ton of interaction. And then all of a sudden everybody's standing in the kitchen and it's like, what did like the red team have the black team over for dinner? Like they don't do a great job of explaining how that right. living situation works. And I think that's so interesting because it isn't, like I said before, it isn't like a, you're training for one fight and then you go home like win or lose, you go home and you're in a bedroom with the guy that you got to fight next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely an interesting situation with that, but uh, it's all part of the show. And I just yeah. wish they uh, would have portrayed it a little bit. Did, did they ever like whisper in your ear, like go rip that door off the hinges? <laughs> Go punch the microwave. Like, do something dramatic. <laughs> uh, not to me. Not to me. No. They're passing you notes. Like, say this to Mo. Like, get him going. <laughs> right? yeah. Oh no, no, it was. <laughs> it was. It was pretty chill, Joe. But we were. We were. I mean, like, we did live together. We were actual roommates. I mean, I think Jordan and I. There was a lot of days Jordan and I just got sick of how messy the kitchen was. And we were cleaning it up. Oh, like, they don't. They don't show that stuff. Like us doing dishes, complaining about the other team. Cause you know, that that's the portrayal of Bobby Maximus that I would have liked. It's just him just being the house mom, just doing the dishes, <laughs> doing laundry for everyone, <laughs> cooking meals. I mean, well, Joe, it's actually funny because I remember a talk Jordan and I had, and I was like, Jordan, I don't want to do the dishes. Like, I want to teach him a lesson, but this is fucking disgusting. Like, what's wrong with these guys? Like, go talk to them. Like, that was an actual real <laughs> thing because we would – we would clean the kitchen and then come back after the red teammate. And it was just like a bomb went off again. And so that's what people don't realize. We actually lived, there was 16 people sharing two kitchens. Yeah. So there's eight in each. So you can imagine like the, the stuff that went on, you know what I mean? And it's, we were living together. Like we shared a common space for a long, yeah. long time, you know, eight meals together, did everything together. So it was a, it, it was a wonderful experience. Um, Jordan, tell us anything you want to tell us about you, about where people can get a hold of you, how they can support you, stuff like that. Yeah, just uh, check me out on my social medias, and uh, I'm loving the support and the fans that I'm getting out of this. It's uh, been a wild ride, and uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds. I love it. Can you tell us anything about the release of your new movie, uh, Thor Love and Thunder? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm still waiting on that paycheck. So. <laughs> all right. So we used to, we used to call him Thor all the time in the house because he is a Scandinavian Viking, like you see him. I mean, it's, yeah, it's what it is. Jordan, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, it's good to talk to you. I hope you know you're welcome in Salt Lake City anytime you want to train and eat some Traeger and chill. Um, you are a hell of a training partner, Joe. I meant what I said. Like he is, there's something wrong with how strong Jordan is. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I mean, they don't show it on the show, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, he might've pushed me into retirement. I'm like not strong. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, 
It's good. But Jordan, we had a wonderful time with you. Thanks for making time to come on here and uh, keep killing it. We're looking forward to next week to see you, Zach, and and all the amazing things you're going to do in your UFC career. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Because you're the last of a dying breed.